when I was looking for somewhere to publish my book, I looked at probably five or six different resources. Um, and I was trying to find the best one that I could. And that kind of showed me that like, I mean, there's, there's only so much that an online course can teach you. Sometimes you have to go out and just look for it yourself. As a young mother, I experienced a paradigm shift that transformed how I saw education and ultimately the world around me. I started this podcast, The Luminous Mind, to connect with and learn from people who are disrupting the status quo in how they learn, educate, and live in the world around them. Prepare for a paradigm shift. Light a candle, light your world. Benjamin Franklin said, instead of cursing the darkness, light a candle. You're listening to The Luminous Mind with your host, Rebecca Bowman. Hello, Firestarters. Today I am here, uh, actually in studio, with uh, one of my main Firestarters, my son, Jacob Bowman. Jacob Bowman is my... He's 17. He's a senior in high school with our local Bonneville online high school as a senior. Um, he's actually uh, also a, he just had a novel released um, called Transmission, which is a great read. Um, some other things about Jacob, he is the, the captain of our local Explorers Post with the Idaho Falls Fire Department. And he's also the vice chair with NYLT, which is the National Youth Leadership Training <laughs> Program. Anyway, I did a senior, I don't know, interview with my oldest son and thought, even though that my formatting has changed and we aren't talking about homeschooling as much, I wanted to still do this with my second boy in his senior year and see kind of what he has learned through life trying to educate himself and what he sees for the future. You know, of course, this is a show about becoming your best self through unconventional thinking. And out of all of my kids, Jacob probably is more like that than anyone. <laughs> when I think of why I had to homeschool, you know, sometimes I thought it was because of my first boy. But it, I think uh, Jacob would have gone crazy in a in a classroom because he learned his ABCs jumping off chairs and <laughs> doing all kinds of things. In fact, uh, when my oldest son was in kindergarten and I'd ask him any questions, uh, Jacob would answer first as he's sitting under the table playing with cars. And the biggest thing that he would say while we were doing school together, we probably butted heads more times than not. <laughs> um, through his education is mom teach me something I don't already know <laughs> so anyway welcome Jacob hi <laughs> so that was a long introduction I told him he needed to bring a, a bio to me that I could read but I got to make one up on the spot <laughs> okay so I kind of told you about Jacob why don't you Jacob tell us a little bit more about yourself all right, so uh, I come from a family of six. I have my two awesome parents. I have an older brother who is in Russia until December. Uh, my younger sister, and we actually have a joke between us that she's my older twin sister because we've had people mistake her for my older sister and my twin all the time. So it's kind of become a running joke. Uh, and then I have one younger brother too. I, I love to write. I've written a book and I'm working on other stuff. Uh, I like to exercise. 
I, I like to teach myself. I do a lot of self-educating stuff. I had to learn the entire publishing process pretty much start to finish on my own. Like my mom said, I'm involved in the Explorers Post through our local fire department. Um, I have been for about three years, and over that time I've moved up the ranks, and right now I'm the captain, so I'm in charge of the entire uh, post. Uh, I also work as a lifeguard right now. I've been doing that for about two years. Uh, I, earned, I earned my lifeguard certification just after turning 15. And in the future, I would like to work as a firefighter. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, and just to let you know a little bit more about Jacob, um, if you ever know one of those kids that can never stop moving and you think you're going to, <laughs> to not make it through their toddler years, just know that this was what Jacob was. He didn't let me sleep until he was two, and at which time we finally got so tired, I decided if he wasn't going to sleep, at least I was, and I... I put him at the top floor of our house and um, put him up there, and he was so mad about it, he broke out of the crib and actually broke it all to pieces. <laughs> he ended up in a bed faster than my other kids because he finally just broke out of his crib. The other thing about him is that uh, he's always had a little bit of a defiant streak in a good way, though. <laughs> One time we were having our rounds about school, probably because I couldn't get him to sit still, do his work because I thought that's how we had to do it and he uh, slipped a note under the door I'm going to do school no matter what you say <laughs> so, anyway but so before we get into what he's like because he's an amazing person I just want you to know that um, sometimes when you think of your hardest kid they actually end up being one of your just awesome kids so uh, so, Jacob, why don't you go ahead and tell us, uh, how did you find your mission, you know, um, into writing and being able to be a young adult author? So, what got me into writing was actually a school assignment. I think I was about nine. That's usually the age that I put on all my stuff, but I, I actually don't remember the exact age. I think it was about nine. We, we had a school assignment, and we each were given... We each were given a letter, and then there were a number of pictures on the screen because it was an online school on the slideshow of just pictures that we had to make a writing or we had to write a story off of. They were just a writing prompt. Um, and I actually really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. And I think I still have that story somewhere. Um, it's not going to get published. It's not great, but it was actually a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed creating something. Um, and it it gave me insight into uh, things that I could make and just different ideas that I had for stories. So that's that's what got me into writing. Uh, since then, I used a lot of writing generators. I came up with a lot of ideas on my own and tried to write stories, but I really didn't find anything that clicked until uh, about when I was 14, 14 or 15. Um, I started writing a story, and it eventually turned into science fiction. And it's... That was actually a little weird because I've, I've never really read any science fiction or seen any science fiction other than something like Star Wars. I watched a few episodes of Star Trek, stuff like that. But it was never really something that I was interested in. And so that's kind of why Transmission's a little weird for me is that it's not something that I'm used to. 
Well, it's a, an excellent book, and actually it's the first um, sci-fi book that I've read that doesn't put me to sleep because I'm not a sci-fi lover either. Um, so let's talk about a little bit about your educational journey and what it looked like, you know, and, and you said you, you've done a lot of the teaching of how to publish this book yourself, but that's pretty much, that describes your educational journey all the way through, but... Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about like how you were educated and what that looked like. So mostly the education that I've had has been high school English courses. We've done a few through our homeschool co-op, but uh, I never really took anything super advanced. I actually did pretty poorly in the creative writing classes that I took, which is a little bit ironic. But I was, for all the important stuff, uh, for my writing and teaching myself, a lot of different things. I mean, I did learn some from those high school courses, but at that point it was mostly just like creating a plot and it was the the plot diagram where it's the exposition and then the rising action, climax, falling action. And so those didn't really teach me anything beyond that that I could use. And so a lot of what I learned was from friends and from people that read my book that gave me advice. And that's that's really where I've learned the most. And then especially the publishing process, nobody really taught me that I really couldn't find any resources on it and so I had to find my own resources for cover design and for uh, getting the identification numbers and getting copyright and all that sort of stuff I, I kind of had to find that stuff on my own yeah well and I feel bad that's one place and like I said at the at, uh, his whole educational journey is like teach me something I don't know he's always pushed my understanding to the limits and um, that's one place I really feel like I let him down. But at the same time, I guess not knowing anything also didn't stop him because, you know, sometimes I've worried about that, but I've actually received spiritual confirmation that, you know, I shouldn't feel bad that I wasn't this expert teacher on how to do all these things that Jacob loves because me not being an expert, I didn't tell him that he was doing it wrong, basically. <laughs> you know, I let him do what he wanted to do, which I think um, helped him to just continue doing it. And that was a big part of it. So Jacob, how do you feel like your paradigm on education, your, you know, that educational philosophy changed over time and with experience? I think you were probably the kid that pushed my thinking of like, okay, we don't have to be sitting in a chair to learn, but I want to get your take on that. So I, I've got a few of these answers written down and I'm sure my mom's kind of laughing at them, but for the first little bit that I was in school from, I mean, mostly elementary school and middle school, um, and even the beginning of high school, I really thought that teachers were really the only people that could educate me, and also my mom, too, because she was my teacher for a lot of a lot of my growing up. And then about seventh grade, I think it was, we separated ourselves from the schools, and we went to just homeschooling. Um, and I actually struggled a little bit because I didn't, I didn't really have a whole lot of drive through middle school to come up with my own schoolwork, and so I kind of struggled for that, but I was able to keep up with stuff, obviously, to make it into high school, and for the first uh, for the first year and a half that I was in high school, I, I did pretty poorly, like I said, some of the creative writing courses and English courses that I took, um, I almost failed them because I just didn't really want to do them, I guess, and then... Around the time that I started writing Transmission was about when I started getting a little bit more productive with my schooling, and I, I kind of learned a little bit then how to uh, teach myself how to do stuff. I mean, I learned, I, I learned a lot more about 
developing a plot and character development, teaching myself, and even stuff like basic typing. I mean, like I took a typing course, but I didn't really like it, and I I think I taught myself more how to type, and so that's I learned a lot more from that, and uh, especially the last few years. Um, I've been watching my younger siblings do the school that they're in that gives them a lot more freedom and it's given me a lot of thought of like what would I do if I hadn't done the high school that I'm in now which I'm very grateful for the high school I'm in but if I'd have had if I'd had the freedom that they do I think I would have been focused a lot more on my writing and a lot more on working with the fire department than I was on courses that I didn't care about like high school English where I didn't really learn a whole lot. (laughs) Well, and that's really why I pulled you out. I don't know if you know that, but I saw that in him. In in particular, I pulled him out and left the other two in an online school because I saw, well, first of all, he was working well above what they thought he should be at. And he was actually a year and a half ahead. And the teacher um, didn't understand that. And even though he was, you know, it would say, oh, he's only got 30% of his work done. He's supposed to have like 50, 60% done. He's actually failing. failing. And I would go, do you realize he's a year and a half ahead of where he should be? He should be like, you know, as far as your grades go, he should be getting, you know, straight A's on all of this stuff because all they cared about is the percentage. And I just thought that was stupid. <laughs> and so I actually pulled him out because you've always had a lot of drive um, to, like I said, the first thing you told me is I'm going to do school no matter what you say. So I thought it was always there. But what do you, what do you think you would change about that education to make it a little more supportive to the things that you love to do? So overall, it's actually been pretty good. I've learned a lot, and the principal from my high school has been very accommodating. He's actually, he's counted my book for a lot of a lot of different credits that, I mean, whenever he could fit it in, he did, and I really appreciate that. Um, but I think if I'd have, I, I think if I'd have had the, the chance, or if I'd have stayed out of the first high school I was in, um, I think I would have focused a lot more on uh, learning about what developing the story was like and learned a lot more about writing. I probably would have done uh, more ride-alongs with the fire department and focused on stuff that would help me develop a career rather than some of the other stuff that didn't seem quite as important to me. Yeah. Well, and a lot of stuff you've been able to kind of, like you said, teach yourself when you needed to. So what self-directed learning experiences have you had and um, just kind of go ahead and tell me how you think that that's helped with that educational philosophy mold, too. So, like I said, a lot of it's been uh, just the finding resources on my own. When I was looking for somewhere to publish my book, I looked at probably five or six different resources, um, and I was trying to find the best one that I could, and that kind of showed me that, like, I mean, there's there's only so much that an online course can teach you. Sometimes you have to go out and just look for it yourself. And um, so while there's while there's stuff that I would recommend to other authors, and I would actually love to do an online course and teach people how to write, but really there's only so much that you can uh, learn from an online course. You kind of have to go out and do hands-on stuff, and that's that's kind of a philosophy that I've developed working with the fire department because a lot of the stuff we do it's like yeah we can sit in a classroom and tell you fire science theory all day long but 
I mean, it's it's much better to just go out, go out and throw ladders and pump hose and uh, do all that sort of stuff. So that's kind of what's changed is I've gone from thinking that you have to be in a classroom learning it to just go out and get your hands dirty and work hard. Well, although I say he's a fire starter, he's actually a fire putter outer. <laughs> so, anyway, um, tell us going forward, how do you think your your educational philosophy is going to be? I'd love to hear like about what you feel like, um, you know, how you're going to try to lead your life in the future. So a lot of it right now, I'm starting to look at colleges and I'm looking at stuff like that and. Um, I'm having to do a lot more research into where the best places would be. I'm not really sure what you want me <laughs> to talk about here. Um, well, just how how do you think you're gonna teach yourself things? You know, how how are you gonna discover uh, more about who you are in the future? Uh, I don't know. I've I I've spent a lot of time researching stuff, and I really like taking classes and learning from people. Um, I've looked at stuff like Masterclass to improve my writing and then obviously spending more time with people who have spent time practicing stuff like that. I know a guy that's got a bachelor's degree in creative writing and he'd probably be a really good resource to talk to about, about writing. Yeah, just talking to people and finding coaches rather than somebody to just tell me what to do. Yeah, because sometimes that doesn't work. Like I said, maybe that's been the positive about our whole educational thing is I didn't know what he was doing most of the time or couldn't direct him in the way that I, you know, wish I could have at the time. I'd love to hear more about, like, maybe some of the biggest obstacles you faced while you were either writing your book or trying to get through school. Like, we, he's mentioned a couple times the two high schools. we actually, So we pulled him out through middle school and he was just being homeschooled. And like he said, he kind of floundered a little. We did some online, and then we did some with our local like homeschooling co-op that he did, so what, Shakespeare and history classes and writing classes, maybe a debate class, stuff like that. And then um, he was just confused because he had been so used to being kind of told what to do, so I stuck him back in an online high school, and he hated it right yeah that high school was difficult for me because there were a lot of kind of pointless requirements that they had they wouldn't let me get more than a week ahead in my school which I absolutely hate um, I think I would have done a lot better if I could have gotten ahead because right now what I'm doing is in the high school them and they give us our coursework and then they just say you have to have it all the way done by this time and with some of the college ones, you have to have it done by certain times throughout the year, but it's not like you have to do these assignments on these days. And so not being able to get ahead, I think, was a bit of a detriment to me because some big assignments, I'd get to them, and then I'd spend a few days planning them and working on them, and then they'd get overdue, and then I would be concentrating on those, and more stuff would stack up. And so it took me until the last few weeks to really raise my grade from I mean, really, really low grades because they were marking everything as uh, not being turned in. I got it. I would get it up to A's and B's, but it usually wasn't um, on their timetable, and so it looked like I was doing really bad. Well, and it didn't have the flexibility either. Mm -hmm. They wanted you to. They wanted him to be 
in like these online classes like with other students and we're like well that's the whole point of doing online school is to have the flexibility so yeah, it was it was uh, two or three hours a day five days a week I mean I was spending as much time in these online classes as I was in a regular class like as I would have been in a regular classroom especially when you factor in all the extra work that I had to do it came out to eight to sometimes 10 hours of school work that I would do yeah and so Mr. Telford is our principal. He actually worked a lot with our older son. And let's see, we were thinking of just doing, we were going to have you just take your GED and then do, you wanted to take an EMT class so that you could work more on your fire skills. And when we tried to do that through our local high school, they wouldn't let him. Uh, so we just went and talked to Mr. Telford of the Bonneville Online High School, which he's amazing because he... Like Jacob said, I want to hear more about that experience. You've talked him into so many credits, so many high school credits. And he's awesome because you can go in and say, look, I've done this and that in my life, and these are things that I think should count. How, you know, how did you get him to, to sign off on so many things? Maybe tell us what he signed off on. He signed off on oh, way too many things. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying it was a bad thing because it was stuff that I'd already done, but I there were a lot of times. So I've gotten a lot of certifications through the uh, Explorer's Post and through my job as a lifeguard, and I was able to actually take a lot of those in and say, look, this is what I've done. This is how many hours that we had to spend working on it. And one of them in particular, um, it's on my transcript, is Fire and Emergency Services Training, and it was a 60-hour class more or less I had to go through a number of uh, federal classes and I had to take stuff through our fire department and at the end of it all I got uh, this certificate that said that I'd completed 60 hours of training and I took that into him and I told him what it was and what we'd done and he was just like okay and he went in and added it to my transcript and your uh, book how many yeah, credits did that count for I think I was only able to get well, once once I turn in my senior project, it'll be three credits that I'll have got out of that. But yeah, I got two English credits signed off. Um, one of them was for writing the book, and then another was for editing it, both of which were way more than the 60-hour minimum that they required. It was like, I think when it was all said and done, it was over a 1,000 hours of work that I put into that book. But there was... But that's a cool yeah. high school principle to recognize mm -hmm. that and count it towards education, right? Yeah. And, so. then, and then my senior project, too. Um, my senior project teacher has been really cool. I mean, like, she's been really supportive, and she thought it was really cool that I was going to publish a book. And even some of the other teachers at the high school, when they found out, they sent me emails and stuff that are like, I'm going to order a copy of it because that's really cool that you're doing that. So all of the teachers have been really cool. I don't think I've had one teacher that's been super like by the book they recognize that it's not a traditional classroom setting and they're willing to work with that yeah well every time he comes to me he's like i think i'm gonna go ask him this i'm just i almost died under the sofa because i can't believe he's gonna ask that but he's pretty awesome huh he, yeah i've he... i've visited the principal in the last in the last two years i've probably visited the principal 15 times <laughs> which sounds like really terrible especially to a lot of my peers where they only go to the principal if they're in trouble but I, i've gone to him and just he's worked with me on stuff and gotten me to graduation because when i got there um i didn't have any 
any credits on my transcript. Were you a junior? Um, I was my sophomore. It was year? halfway through my sophomore year, and the transcript from my previous school hadn't transferred over, and so um, it looked like I didn't have any any credits, and he didn't think I was going to be able to graduate. But he was willing to work with me on stuff, and we counted a lot of stuff, um, particularly Key of Liberty for our um, for my what one was it? It was American history, I think. Yeah. Uh, one of my history classes, and um, we just took it into him, and he was like, "Oh yeah, we'll definitely do that." Um, what gives you the tenacity yeah. to do that, though? That I didn't tell you to do it. In fact, I go in and apologize. Like, I'm sorry. I know Jacob's been in here again, but um, it's it's just kind of something that my dad has told me a lot is that it it really doesn't hurt to ask because it's like the worst that's going to happen is they're going to say no, and so that's I, I've done a lot. A lot more things. I've I've gone into a lot more places and asked a lot more questions than they probably like. And I've been told no on a lot of stuff, but I don't think I would have been quite as successful if I hadn't either. I mean, it's been it's been hard to get used to that going to some place and get told no, you can't do this or that here. But you get used to it and just go, oh, well, and I'll move on because there's always somebody somebody else that's willing to help you out. Yeah. So would you consider Mr. Telford one of your mentors? I mean, uh, I know your older brother had, you know, a number of people that helped him and mentored him along the way. Do you have any you want to talk about and how they helped make a significant difference to your success? Yeah, there's been a lot of people. I've I've had people just about everywhere I go. Um, my parents have been mentors to me, obviously, because they've taught me a lot of necessary life skills. Um my mom was my teacher forever, and she still teaches me stuff. And my dad, obviously, with telling me that there's really no harm in asking, that was that that was a huge piece of advice, especially because I was a little bit timid to just walk into some place and ask someone something, especially if I thought that the answer would be no. But um, that was a good life lesson for me. And then uh, watching my older brother go through all the schooling that he did and all the all the different classes that he took I mean he helped me get interested in firefighting he was part of the explorers post before me and then I kind of followed him along to one of the meetings and I have just stuck around I, I enjoy it it's it's been a lot of fun so obviously my older brother he's been a huge influence on me in helping me find stuff that I like yeah, well, that's great. Um, I'd love to hear, like, let's talk a little bit more about your book. You said, too, that you want to offer, like, online classes to teach young kids uh, how to write books or the whole process. Do you want to maybe talk about that, maybe things you want to do through your website? Yeah, so on my website, I'm currently in the process of putting together this class. It's going to be a class directed mostly towards young adults who want to learn how to write, I'm going to go through all the steps that I've I've used, um, the writing process that I used, and a lot of the the planning tools that I've found, a lot of the organizational stuff that I've done. And then once we finish that, because writing really is the easy part of publishing because you just sit down, you plan out the story, you type it out, and then you're done. But then after that, it'll be finding editors, finding the best people to review it, make sure it's ready to publish finding good resources to use. 
Uh, my biggest problem finding resources has been I'm not 18 yet, and everywhere requires you to be 18 to do anything. And it's really frustrating because there's a lot of things that I want to do that I can't because I'm not 18. So mm -hmm. I want to focus more on finding good ways to teach people how to um, how to get around all those – not get around it, but like – Age barriers. Yeah, find ways to accommodate the age barrier while also uh, publishing a book. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, and I've had a number of parents like, how did, how did he do that? <laughs> I'm like, I don't really know. So I'm definitely encouraging him to try to put together an online course that he can use. Hopefully we can get it put together before he leaves on a mission. Let's talk about maybe some personal habits that you feel like have been really helpful. And then I want to move into um, what your future plans look like. Uh, so a lot of the plans that I have, I'm able to do a lot more flying by the seat of my pants, but I also have to plan stuff out. So something that I've done that's helped, and I've told you a lot about this, is I have like checklists that I'll make, and I'll write down, I need to do this, this, that, and the other to be done with everything for the day. And I've noticed that I'm a lot more productive when I do stuff like that. Like I was sitting on an outline for a speech for like three weeks, just because I was like, oh, it's too hard. There's too much to do on it. And then finally, the other day, I was just like, you know what? This is stupid. And I put it down on my list. I have to finish that outline today. And I got it all done, got it submitted. And I actually got 100% because that was for my senior project. And I'd just been sitting there looking at it going, oh, I don't know what else to do on this. Because before, I just had it written down as um, finish senior project speech. And that was a really big project. So I've, I've found that breaking stuff down helps a lot and then and then defining it putting it down on paper and saying yep I'm done with that and what do you see for the future where you're gonna head you'll graduate in the spring yeah so I'm I'll be graduating in May and then I'll be I'll be going up to Cedar Badge where I'm the vice chairman of the board of directors Which we'll Cedar do Badge is a Cedar Badge is national youth leadership training for the Boy Scouts of America and then from there, right now, the plan is right after that, I'll be leaving on a mission for my church, and I'll be going, uh, we don't know where yet, but <laughs> um, I guess we can cut that part out. Um, yeah, but I'll, I'll be going on a mission, and I'll be gone for about two years, and then my plan right now is to come back and earn my EMT certification back, because it's going to lapse in... Uh, it'll be probably about 2022 that my EMT certification will lapse. So I'll get back and I'll have to re-earn that certification. Um, but then uh, I plan to um, apply at a few different fire departments. Usually you have to get some volunteer experience before a career department will hire you. So I was looking at Shelly Fire near us. Um, there, I, I know the training officer down there. Um, he's pretty good friends with the chief. And so I, I would hope that I'd be able to get on down there, um, do a few years work and then apply up at Idle Falls and work as a firefighter there. Mm -hmm. And then I also want to keep writing and write and publish a few more books. Well, I hope you hoping he uh, like pushes himself through to get the second book done before he leaves and then as well as that online writing course. So we'll see where that takes us. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, if you could give any advice to any young people, maybe that are working through school and trying to figure out who they need to become, I mean, especially with your leadership training, what would be your advice for them? 
probably to do lots of exploring. I mean, like you might have your mind set on one thing and uh, find something else that might interest you. Uh, I know for me, I was I, I hadn't even considered medical stuff uh, when I started high school. I was planning on being an engineer, and I think that was actually why we started high school was to get access to the manufacturing the and engineering courses. Right? Yeah, that was that was why we started there. And while I was there, I joined the Explorers Post. All right, so yeah, do a lot of exploring. Yeah, I hadn't planned on doing medical stuff. I'd wanted to be an engineer, and then I joined the Explorers Post, and I started to learn a little, a little bit more about that. And that was actually, I, I found that really interesting, and so that kind of changed my whole career plan. And I, I started taking medical classes so that I could take EMT, and I started doing more stuff with the fire department. And I really wouldn't have found that if I hadn't done some uh, career exploring and looking into stuff. So just always always be looking at different things. Don't get too tied down to any one thing. And then uh, do things that you love. I mean, like, I don't think I would have published a book if I'd have just not written. I mean, I've had plenty of excuses to not write. I <laughs> Last year, I took uh, probably 20 credits for high school I took a lot of a lot of classes and so I had plenty of excuses to not work on my books and my writing but really it was because I enjoyed my writing that I was able to finish my book this year and get it edited and finished and so you just kind of have to focus on stuff that you enjoy too yeah I'm trying to think how he kind of moved into that whole thing I know there's a fire there's a fire scene in the book which is kind of fun because you can tell he's got some experience with that. But I think, you know, he went from as, you know, just watching him. I remember watching him a lot as he would be out in the yard making up stories in his head. <laughs> it looked like he was dancing around and sword fighting and stuff. <laughs> and then that moved into he became a ferocious reader. I mean, you used to read hundreds of books a year, but now you mostly write. Isn't that correct? Like, it seems like you're more you're definitely more into writing stuff out than reading about stuff is that right yeah i do like to write are there any I, favorite books that you have maybe that oh my gosh there's so many books that i like i i wish i had more time to write my time's gotten a lot more finite as i've gotten older um getting a job definitely cut down on the amount of time that i could spend reading um and uh, starting high school and all that. But there's there's a lot of books that I actually uh, really like. Probably my favorite series is The Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. <laughs> Lewis. We had it on audiobook, and I listened to it probably every summer for about three years. It's probably one of my favorite series um, that I've read. I, I've read a lot of uh, Fablehaven and the Beyonders series, both of which are Brandon Mull's books. And those I actually really liked, and... I kind of consider Brandon Mole to be one of my inspirations because he's kind of local to our area, I want to say. Um, he's he, he lives in Utah, I think. He's uh, Idaho friendly. Yeah, he, he's up here <laughs> all the time. And so I've kind of looked up to him uh, in my writing more than I would pro I would say probably more than even C.S. Lewis or uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, one of the really well-known writers, just because he's someone that um, he's in the I met, flesh and... Yeah, he's someone that I met. He's somebody that's local, and he wrote books that really got me interested in reading. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, 
there's so much I could say about Jacob. Like I said, <laughs> he was the wild child that I thought was going to be the death of me that never let me sleep. And he's turned into a pretty awesome feller. I didn't realize his favorite books were the same as mine, too. So <laughs> maybe more influence than what I thought. Why don't you just tell us, like, first of all, like what your book is about, where we can find it. Give us some parting words for our listeners and then your contact information. So my book is a science fiction book. It's it's similar, I would say, to Star Wars in the fact that it's um, set in space. There's a lot of uh, space-based things that happen. Wow, that's a tongue twister. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of space-based things that happen in my story, but I'm not a fan of like overly futuristic, so a lot of the stuff that is in it is very similar to what we have now, other than it's just set in space. Um, so there's not really any laser stuff. There's no crazy bombs or guns or anything. It's pretty pretty normal, other than they're going into space and traveling between planets. And that was actually one thing that people have told me doesn't makes it seem not very realistic because it's too similar to our time. But I actually really like it because I think it detracts from the story to have too much futuristic stuff. Um, but anyway, what it's about, it's um, it's about an international supply vessel captain who, he's a reserve officer for the military. On my book, I have it, it says he's a former military. Um, that's because he was, when I first wrote it, he had actually been kicked out of the military. But in the story, he's actually a reserve officer. Um, he learns that his government started a war with the other planets in their solar system and the native inhabitants, who are called the Anatri. He spent some time uh, learning about their military and about his military, and so he knows that they're not going to win this war. And so he's trying to approach the heads of government on the planets to stop the war whilst also trying to save the citizens from getting killed in a war that he knows is unjust and um, very lopsided. And there's, there's a lot of adventure that happens. There's a lot of subplots. Like my mom said, there's the fire scene, there's um, scenes on different planets, and a lot of the stuff is based loosely off of stuff that I've seen and done, particularly stuff in forests and fires, stuff like that. Have you had problems with wolves in the forest? I, I have not had problems with wolves in the forest. That was not something that um, I have had to deal with, but it, it was fun. It was that, that was kind of the product of lots of backpacking and being out in the wilderness and then just I, I like to imagine scenarios in my head of what I would do and obviously it's not like exactly what my characters would do but it's kind of helped me develop the stories a little bit a little bit better and I think make them more realistic yeah um let's see what else we did live close to coyotes howling so uh, maybe yeah. that's where he yeah, <laughs> got often. it from so yeah where can we like get your book and like well, give us your parting advice and then give us your contact information. What kind of parting advice do you want? Uh, how do you feel like uh, people can disrupt the status quo and how they <laughs> learn, live, and educate uh, and live in the world around them? Like I said earlier, just by just by teaching yourself and not not relying on other people. Other people have great advice. Other people can teach you a lot, but I actually think it's very beneficial to have to go out on your own and find things which if you're not used to it that can feel a little weird 
but once you get used to it, it's actually a lot of fun to go out and find stuff. And I go to my parents all the time going, I found this cool thing or that cool thing. And they always give me like kind of a blank stare and just nod and <laughs> smile um, because I understand it, but nobody well, else does. And his excitement level is like through the roof. And I mean, sometimes even his dad is like, okay, say it in a quieter voice because <laughs> he gets so loud and excited about it. Yeah, I, I, I can be a very loud person. Very and dramatic. I, I'm, I'm aware that I'm a very loud person, but it's part of who I am. And so sometimes I just can't control it. <laughs> well, and then how can we find this book? You can go to Amazon. Um, I don't have like a special URL that I can give you, but if you go to Amazon and look up Transmission by Jacob Bowman, it's because other people have paid more money for their ad to show up higher. It's usually not the first book that shows up, but it's usually about second or third. And it's it's got a very bright cover. It's a black cover with a blue planet and a red nebula thing on it. Very striking book. And I mean, you'll know it when you see it. It's the first sci-fi book that really shows up and it's got my name across it um, in great big bold letters. <laughs> or you can go to my website, bowmanwriting.com. As of the recording of this, I don't have a link to purchase it directly from me, um, but I'm hoping to get that up soon, and uh, hopefully all the books that are ordered directly through me, they'll take a little longer to get here, but they, or they'll take a little longer to get to the reader, but I am yes. hoping to be You'll able to sign, sign yeah, I'm hoping to be <laughs> able to sign all of them, um, so that's what'll make it a little bit more special coming straight from me. Well, and the other thing I'm always curious about is I always want pictures in the book. Uh, I'd love to have somebody, if they actually read the book, um, and they can come up with a, a drawing of Will. Alavison. Alavison. Alverson, I always say it wrong. Um, I would love to maybe do a contest, too. Of I, I don't know what we could do with the contest, but maybe it'd be something he could put in a second edition of the drawing. Because I'd love to actually see what Will's supposed to look like in Jacob's mind. But anyway, uh, so yeah, it's been fun talking with Jacob. Like I said, he was my probably my most disrupting the status quo type of kid. Uh, he taught me probably most on-the-job training as possible <laughs> with him. He's been a lot of fun. Uh, we tend to, I love his enthusiasm. In fact, when he leaves for the summer, sometimes we wonder where all the energy went. <laughs> and it's because Jacob took it with him. But, but Jacob, thank you so much for coming on our show, um, helping to disrupt that status quo and how we learn, educate, and live in the world around us. I really appreciate all your time and being with such a good son. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to The Luminous Mind. Music featured in this episode from Scott Holmes. To learn more about our podcast, check us out at theluminousmind.net.